0: Hello, everybody. Welcome. My name is Mike Hopkins. I am the minister here at 17th Street Christian Church in Corbin, Kentucky. And thank you guys so much for joining us today. Um, Today's message is all about the way we use our words and how our tongues are one of the most dangerous parts of our bodies. This is our sixth week in the Book of Proverbs sermon series. We're going to be wrapping this up next week. And so we just would again want to say thank you so much for listening in. If you enjoy this message, Uh, We ask that you please share it with someone you know and hey if you ever want to come join us in person we're uh, in person every single Sunday at 11 o'clock or get on our website and you can watch these services with the video and audio and everything as well it's www.17scc.com so again thank you all for joining and enjoy. Good morning, everybody. Yeah, good, good morning and welcome to 17th Street. Thank you guys so much for being here today. I don't know about you. I'm just in, I'm in one of those good moods today, so don't mess it up. Um, so no, no frowning, no frowning or boos or jeers um, during the sermon today. I'm in a good mood. You know, it's funny, um, Daryl mentioned Valentine's Day. I'll just let you guys know, I was at Walmart this morning. I had to go grab a couple things um, for snack for the kiddos and uh, kids' church today. And while well, I took a walk down the candy aisle, it's growing thin, so you better get busy. Um, you're gonna, you're, it's, uh, there's going to be some arguments tomorrow evening, so I'm, you've been warned, so there, <laughs> there's your warning. But again, good morning. I'm happy you guys are here today. Uh, my name's Mike. If you're visiting with us or if you're watching online for the first time, I'm happy you're here. Um, so today we're going to be continuing on with our conversation of the book of Proverbs of next week unless i would changed my mind, is going to be our conclusion of this series. So we've been doing this, I believe, next week will be week number seven. So we've been doing this for a couple months now. Um, so I've, been, I've really enjoyed this conversation. I hope you've been able to get something from it. Even if it was just one tidbit for a week, if it was just one thing, hopefully you were able to grasp onto something to get a little bit closer. You know, last week we talked all about joy and happiness. And it's interesting because that's one of those things a lot of us say we have, but so many of us don't, or at least we don't know how to express it. Or at least we'll say, yeah, I'm a happy person, but deep down inside, we're struggling with pain and horrors of our past. And hopefully you were able to do some stuff that we talked about last week to really move past that. Because remember, the whole thing was an unhappy Christian is a bad advertisement for our God. We are called to be joyful and to be happy. And so hopefully um, you really took that to heart last week. And then again, I'm like we, we've been doing this every single week this year, and I'm, I'm, I'm waiting. To, we're, at one of these Sundays, we're going to have the whole church... I'll um, say it say out loud in 2022 many of us will be the year we finally get serious about getting into the word we may be believers for 50 years but it, we may have not ever opened up our bibles a couple times since then so every week i'm giving you a memory verse so hey if you practice your memory verses past week say it out loud with me it's philippians 4:4. rejoice in the lord always i'll say it again Rejoice! Hey, that was an easy one, and I heard some. There you go, church. Good job. There's a next. There's another one in the bulletin. We're gonna do that again next week. This weapon that God has given us, this tool, is so powerful. It means nothing if we don't use it. All it is is a book on your shelf if you never open it up, and if you don't know what it says. Okay. And Jenna was looking at a book in my office this morning. (laughs) It's um, I'm a big Lord of the Rings fan, and there's it's my copy of The Hobbit is in there, and she looked at it, and it was all deformed and whatnot. She's like, what'd you do to this? Was it secondhand? I said, no, I bought it brand new. And they well, what'd you do to that? Well, I put it in my dorm room. It propped up against my bed, against the wall. So, it was, so, so she, she was making, so was, don't do that with your Bibles. Read them. Let's, let's get serious about getting into the Word. But church, today um, we're going to talk about something that many of you may not want to hear. I'm just going to be completely honest. So there's this thing I have on my phone, and it's part of my morning ritual. Uh, that sounds a little extreme, but every day... I mean, I'll wake up, I always check my phone in the morning before I get out of bed, check the weather, or check the news, the headlines, stuff like that. And I always get on this one app every single day. And some of y'all may have this app on your phones. If not, it's okay, this is what it is. It's an app called TimeHop. TimeHop, it's really cool, some of you may have it. But what do you do is you get on that app and it connects all of your, your phone history, like your camera, it connects all of your social media that you've ever had on there. And every single day, it shows you all the pictures you took, all the posts you made, all the pictures you put out there, all the stuff you did that day, a year ago from that day, two years ago, three years, all the way up to 10, 15, however long you know, you've know you had in your account. So it's really, really cool. So every single day I can see the stuff I did last year, two years, five years, you know, and et cetera. And it always cracks me up whenever I get to my Facebook posts from, you know, anywhere between six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years ago. It's one of my and Jenna's <laughs> favorite things to look at. It's no joke. Um, if you've, ever heard me talk or looked at my sermon slides church i can't spell i come by an honest i don't pretend i don't act like i can spell but i just can't do it grammar in my mind it just doesn't work and so i get so and whenever i put stuff out there on the internet in today's world i try really hard to make sure you know i type everything correctly because i don't want to look stupid for the world to see but i still make mistakes Well, I didn't do that seven, eight, nine, ten years ago, and it's hilarious for me. I get on there, and I see these posts I made like, what in the world was I talking about? I'm like, why in the world would I say that for everyone to see? I'm like, I'm talking about my bathroom schedule, and I'm in middle school. Like, why? No one wants to know that, Mike, and it just makes me look like an idiot, And, and I say that, and I'm being serious. It's just so funny, and there's a lot of things I see, and I'm like, man, I wish I wouldn't have put that out there, Man, you know, I was really upset at that ball game. Maybe I shouldn't have posted that on Facebook. You know, maybe I shouldn't have done this or done that. And I know a lot of us aren't on social media, but if you had a, a way in your life to go back and look at everything you said, not just put out there, but even the things you said to other people's conversations you had, texts you sent, phone calls you made, I think there'd be some things we saw that we wish we wouldn't have said. Some words that we kind of wish we would take back. Some even posts we made, like, well, maybe that's not what I should have said. Maybe I shouldn't have sent that text. Maybe I shouldn't have said this to that person at work or my neighbor or at church. Church, our words are powerful. I don't think any of us would disagree with that. But our words, they can build or they can destroy. And I think that's so true. I feel like I've speaked on words a couple times, you know, since I began here a little over a year ago. And the reason why is because they're so strong. You right now can think of ways in your past where you've, you know, said things and it's damaged relationships terribly. You can also probably think of comments someone said to you maybe 10 years ago that are still in the back of your mind. And that's the reason you do what you do. Today. Look with me in Colossians chapter 4. It says, Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Go to Psalm 52. You who practice deceit, your tongue plots destruction. It is like a sharpened razor. It is no joke that our words are powerful, right? Uh, We we used to do this song in kids' church growing up, and it was talking all about how God's word is powerful. Well, church, our words are powerful, too. Maybe not to that, you know, extreme, obviously. But the things we say carry weight. And I really think a lot of us, if we could go back in time, we would take back some of the things we said, we texted, posted, called, said, whatever, however it is you want to say that. It's almost like every single TV show you watch or movie, there's always somebody who says something, and it just causes a domino. Effect. Maybe if there were any Gilmore girl fans in the audience, um, you may have seen the one episode where Rory and Paris, and um, they're supposed to be keeping a secret with each other because, you know, they're friends, and one ends up spilling the beans and tells everyone else and just causes this effect of things that go down and all this damage and relationships are hurt. Church, I, I struggle with forgiveness at times. I know that's a bad thing for the preacher to say. But I remember one time specifically whenever I was. I guess in high school, I had one of my best friends, no, I was in college, I take that back, one of my best friends lied to me, right to my face. And it really, really hurt me, and it took me a very long time to ever get over it. Now, part of that's my fault, and he may have not even ever known. I wonder how many of us have caused pain in other people that we have no idea that we even caused. Our mouths can build, and they can destroy. Well, Mike, people just need to get over it. Like, you know, sometimes I just say things, and those people just need to get over it. Well, you know, it's hard for us to get over things, isn't it? Yeah, we expect everyone else to. And, And we see this in all these different areas of our lives. I mean, think about your families. That's a great place to start. Uh, we all have our different forms of family drama and things that happen. I bet you can think of something right now where your sibling or your cousin, your aunt, your uncle, or whatever. They said something with someone else in the family, and it caused mm-hmm. and a, you know, a domino effect. I'm seeing nods. And it causes all this drama and stuff that happens, and it takes two Christmases before you ever talk to each other again. Church, our words damage things. They can build or they can show. Answer this question. How have your words built someone up? I think that's in your bulletin actually how have your words built someone up now let's go the other way this is where we really got to get honest how have your words destroyed because when it comes to our words i feel like a lot of times when we do something we can see what we did and we can like apologize for it we can try to you know make restitution but i don't know what it is with the things we say we don't like to apologize for what we say so we have such a hard time admitting that we said something that we shouldn't have said it's just especially it's, we just struggle with it and it's weird that that happens in our brains but what is some where who is someone where your words have really built up and who is where, when is a time when your words have truly destroyed well mike you just need to push pause right now because i don't like you telling me what i can and can't say There's enough of this censorship in the world right now. All you're trying to do is put a bridle around my mouth. You're just trying to... No. I'm not trying to do that. I'm going to say this very kindly. We don't need to be jerks. There's too many of us in the world today that wear God on our sleeves and we act like jerks. Because of what we say, the complaints we make, the texts we send, the calls we do, the posts we put out there for the world... Church, our words can build or they can destroy. Matthew chapter 12 says this. And if you're like, well, Mike, I don't really ask. Ah, so well, you know, words. You know, I don't know if you knew this. Do you know that we're going to be held accountable for everything that comes out of our mouths? This is what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 12. But I tell you that everyone will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. But I tell you, everyone that... Excuse me, that everyone will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have said. So, well, Mike, Mike, that's what Jesus is for. There's a thing called forgiveness. You know, I'm, I've been baptized, I'm a Christian, I'm supposed to be forgiven. Yeah, you are forgiven, but that doesn't mean you get to keep saying the things that you've been saying. We don't get to wear, you know, this cloth of grace around us, and it gives us an excuse to go sin. That's not what Jesus designed this world to be a lot of us take advantage of God's grace and we do it with what we say. I truly, truly believe that. Because we cannot just live life and say, well, you know, I'll just pray for forgiveness after I say it. I've just got to tell them that, Mike. I got to make the call. I got to send the text. I got to go make the visit and I'll just pray for it. Church, that's not what God's designed for our lives. Look, Romans chapter six. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase by no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized in the Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death. So that in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new Life. This is in your notes. Is there anyone taking advantage of God's grace? That's a hard question to answer, isn't it? Maybe you, I don't know what your routine is about, you know, how you reflect on the things you do and the things you say. Maybe it's during communion. You know, we just had communion there a moment ago. Maybe it's there whenever you really just think about your life and, like, am I living the life? that the man who hung on that cross would be proud of. And do the things I say honor that? Church, our words can build or they can destroy. We have to fix our tongues, some more than others. Some of us are, you know, really good at censoring things. Some of us aren't. And it really kind of goes in what we talked about last week or you know a couple weeks before that we we had a whole conversation on anger remember that and how we talked about how usually whenever we get mad is whenever we start to explode and we've got all this fuel in our hearts remember the stuff we haven't taken care of from years past and so when then we get mad (sighs) the fire spreads very quickly that kind of happens with our words so today let's look a little bit what proverbs says about our words and our mouths we're going to be in the fourth chapter and, and when we read this, this is really Solomon writing to his son in this moment, trying to give him some wisdom. Of course, that's you know, the majority of the book. So, but we can really take some things from this about what he is saying that we can learn from our mouths. Remember, Solomon, after Jesus, was the wisest man to walk the earth. So we need to listen to what he has to say. Look in here. Proverbs chapter 4 says this My son, <clears throat> excuse me, my son, pay attention to what I say. How many of you said that, you know, just in your kids' lives? I think that's funny. My son, it wasn't just you, even Solomon said, hey. My son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. Above all else, guard your heart. Above all else, guard your... Notice he doesn't say something else. He doesn't say, hey... You know, whatever you do, make sure you invest like this. Make sure you do this. Make sure, no, no, no. Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Keep your mouth free. Keep corrupt talk from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thoughts to the past for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Do not turn to the right or the left. Keep your foot from evil. Keep corrupt talk out of your lips. Above all else, guard your heart. Keep corrupt talk out of your lips. Church, our words are so deceptive at times and they can lead people away. You know, I'm not just saying these things because it's easy to, you know, as i'm saying you need to be nice and i'm hollering at you it's kind of funny isn't it um, i'm not just saying this because it's fun to talk about you know whenever we interact with people in the everyday world they see who we are and hopefully they know what you believe if not you need to work on that but then when all we have is bad talk that's a bad advertisement for our faith and i'm not trying to be mean I'm just saying hey we got to get better church me included me included put away your crooked speech Put the devious talk far from you. Your version may say that. He doesn't just say, don't do this. He says, be so far removed from this speech that people can't even associate you with it. I remember um, growing up in high school and stuff, you know, I'd hang out with the guys. We'd go shoot ball and stuff, you know, do whatever guys do. And every time, you know, some of them, you know, they'd have some foul language. They'd start cussing a little bit. And they'd like, Mike, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like, why are you apologizing to me, man? I'm not cussing. It's like, well, I, I, I know you're... You probably don't like that language because we're, we should be known to be so far away from it are you what's the famous sayings the lie the most the biggest lie ever what um sticks and stones may break my bones but my words words will never hurt me it's the biggest lie we teach our kids isn't it words can hurt sticks and stones may break our bones but words can deeply hurt us isn't that true I bet if we went around the room right now, we could think of things someone said to us, whether it was a parent, a supervisor, it might even have been your kid, I don't know, and it still sticks with you because of the way it made you feel. And it's been 20 years, and you just can't get it past it because that's how bad that person hurts you. You know what the sad truth is? Those people that say those things probably have no idea you're even upset. The things you're saying, you probably don't even realize how much you've hurt somebody because we can't control our speech. Our words can build... Or they can destroy. It scares me to think about the things I've said. If I reflect, i like, man, I wonder how many people I've hurt. And we can't get too lost on that, because then we just, you know, get into a thing of self-pity. You know, we just need to work to be better, okay? So you have a pity moment for a minute, and then move on, okay? Don't, we can't stay in our sin. We've got to move forward. Proverbs chapter 12, for the, the words of the reckless pierce like swords. But the tongue of the wise brings healing. The Bible says a lot about our words, doesn't it? I think God knew we would struggle with them. The words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise bring healing. The words we speak can encourage or discourage. They can bring healing or damage. And the Bible completely recognizes this. So let's take this a little bit farther. You know, last week we talked all about being joy and happiness. And you know what? One of the ways we get to you know, actually being happy and expressing joy is um, by you know taking care of our anger but also learning to be wise and learning to make our decisions not just the big decisions but our daily decisions do they line up with what you know the life christ gave us uh, or demonstrated for us and we talked all about that last week so so whenever we look at scripture we look at this book of wisdom you know it's basically saying if you can't control your mouth you're not being wise that's the book of mike version okay um, that's the B O M. Book of Mike, there you go. Um, That's the Book of Mike version. If we can't control our tongues, we're not wise. If we're not being wise, we're far from the Father. If we're far from the Father, eventually we're going to run out of luck. We need to control our tongues. Our tongues destroy or they can build. James talks about this even more. Let's look. James chapter 3. Not many. This one scares me because I fit into this first verse. James 3.1. Not many of you. Should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways, amen. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. There's power in the mouth A world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body. It sets the whole course of one's life on fire and itself set on fire by hell. Church, that's some strong scripture. But yet none of us pay attention to what we say. Let's read that again. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire and is itself set on fire by hell. I love the Bible. It's scary at times, isn't it? He uses so many different illustrations here. He talks about the bridle of a horse or, or the ru- the rudder on a ship, you know, the little bit small thing. It just turn it a little bit and the whole, this giant thing goes out the port. Um, Jenna was showing me the other day online. Um, if you've ever been on a cruise, the Disney Cruise, um, they've got a brand new cruise ship in the Disney Cruise Line. I costs like a billion dollars. Crazy. This huge ship with a rudder that's so small and it can steer it wherever. We can do so much work on ourselves, we can try so hard to be good people, we can do good acts. But when nothing but garbage comes out of our mouth, it destroys a church. The words we speak shape our lives and the lives of all of those around us. And remember what Jesus tells us? We will be held accountable for what we say. I, I truly think this is one of the hardest areas in our lives that we have to get honest i'm not just saying that to make a point i think it's easy for some of us to admit some sin easier for us to admit some sins than other sins but the way we talk we don't like to take ownership on it because when we do that we have to admit that we're wrong in that moment and it makes us uncomfortable and we don't like the idea of someone like you know we got free speech mike yeah you can say whatever you want to say It doesn't mean you should always so it just takes one little word you know, in 2020, um, I feel like these have taken off, you know, a lot bigger here the past few years. You've seen all these gender reveal parties. They go off and all, the, all these things. You see them on the news and online. Me and Jenna were at one about a year and a half ago. We went out to the farm. It was pretty cool. And the guy, and the, or not the groom, the husband, the dad, he's on one side of the pond, and they've got some kind of like diamondite or something over there, and he shoots it, and, poof, and blue smoke goes everywhere. I was I was riled up. I thought it was awesome. I didn't care about the baby. No offense. I mean, I was ready to go. <laughs> but anyway. In 2020, a family gathered in California to host a gender reveal party for the mother. As a result, the gender reveal party announcement, a fire started. In case you didn't know, this was the El Dorado fire. that ended up burning over 20,000 acres and killed one firefighter. You know, James wrote, How great a force is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is Church, have you started any fires with your mouth? Let's get a little practical really quickly. I'm, I'm not going to lie. These points are going to sound very, very uh, childish almost. You know, sometimes we get too big for our britches. We need to be talked to like we're kids sometimes, me included. <laughs> how can we control our mouths? This right here is the easiest thing. It's the hardest thing to do, the easiest thing to say. You know how we've been talking a little bit about how usually uh, it's almost like when we're angry is whenever we start to go off, right? It's like, that's whenever all the junk starts to fly out. Whatever goes in our heart, will come back out. The first thing we need to do, church, is we need to learn just to walk away. And I say that according to anger. feel like we've talked about anger whole whole past few weeks. Maybe someone needs to hear it. We've talked about that a whole lot here lately. Usually, me and Jenna have a rule. Whenever, you know, we start, we start bickering a little bit, we kind of have, have a rule that I never follow, just to be honest, because I'm bad. I'm a bad husband in this area, is that when we start arguing, she needs a minute to cool down. If I don't give her the minute, Watch out. Okay, I'm just being honest. I got to give her a few minutes. Church, we, when we're angry, you know, usually when our tongues start to go off is when we're mad. So, what about the next time before you send the text, before you make the call, before you make the complaint? What if you just walked away? It's easy to say, hard to do. Right, Amen? If you ever do marriage counseling with me, I've done this in premarital a couple times. I love this illustration. And usually in a relationship, you'll find two people that are, are they're, they're these two categories when it comes to you know, arguments and stuff. There's always one who's a thunderstorm, and the other one's a turtle. The thunderstorm, whenever they, they get mad, the mouse starts going, boom, 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 and they won't shut up. they're throwing insults, and they're mad, and they won't be quiet. And you know what the turtle's doing? It hides in its shell. Not everyone. It's dangerous when you're both the same. But that's how relationships argue. There's one person who says, I'm the thunderstorm. If you didn't figure it out. And the turtle's hiding. But yet, they both don't realize that the turtle would come out if the thunderstorm would stop sending lightning on it. And the turtle might want to, and the thunderstorm would probably stop if the turtle poked its head out. We've got to work together. Church, we need to learn to walk away when we're mad. Because when we don't, we say things we don't like. Ephesians chapter 4, in your anger, do not sin. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Number two, we need to reflect. What do you mean reflect, Mike? This will sound silly. I told you these are very basic points. Whenever you're about to send the text, when you're about to make the call, when you're about to issue the complaint, ask yourself right now, is what I'm saying true or is it just for myself? Is it just to get it off my chest? You know, sometimes, church, we don't need to get everything off our chest. Sometimes we just don't need to say it. The words you're going to say. And then ask yourself, if someone came up to you with this complaint, this text, this call, this argument, if they told it to you, would you be happy? What about if they told it to your spouse or your daughter or your parents? Would you appreciate it? If the answer is no, then you probably don't need to say it. Proverbs 15, a gentle answer turns away wrath but a harsh word stirs up anger. I think there's truth in that when usually when we're mad is when we start mouthing off, right? Well, oh, Mike, I'm just a firecracker. I say what I'm gonna say. You'll start a fire. Number three. Sometimes this guy drop it. And the oh, duh, listen sometimes our complaints our arguments or whatever we may be completely right we may not really be in the wrong what we're going to say in is truth <laughs> I've got the proof I can back it up doesn't mean you should say it you know why because even though what you're saying may be true you're so upset you're going to say it in the wrong way all you're going to do is fan the fire it's going to spread I think it takes so much maturity. It takes so much discipline to even whenever you're right, is to just shut up. The Bible says be slow to speak, quick to listen. I think God so, knew we were going to struggle with our mouths, didn't He? Church, how many fires have you started? Do your words build up or have they been destroying? Let's pray. Father, Forgive us for not being in control of our tongues. God, I know there's ten times in my life where I've said things that I should not have said. I'm thinking of two right now in my head, Lord. Forgive me. God, forgive us for not being in control of our mouths. Lord, we're, doing, we're setting such a bad example for your faith and your and your, your people, Lord, whenever we do that. God, help us to gain control. And Lord, help us to be gentle and slow to speak. God, we love you. God, again, I want to pray for forgiveness, not just for me, but for our church. And Lord, let us move forward. God, we ask this in your son's name. Amen. Church, who here struggles with words? And I want to go back to what I said earlier because I don't want to be taken the wrong way when I said, well, you know, Michael, that's what Jesus is for. He's supposed to forgive us. Well, you know how we actually get forgiveness, church? It's more than just saying a prayer. Let's take you all the way back to your first days of maybe joining the faith. Or becoming a Christian. There's this big R word that you're learned called repentance. What does that mean? It's not just asking for forgiveness. It, you're turning away completely from what held you back. Some of us, our words are holding us back. And I bet if you asked your neighbor, if you asked your best friend, they would probably tell you something you didn't want to hear. I wonder how many fires I've started in my life. That's so scary for me to think about. But now, listen, I beat you down enough for 30 minutes. Don't get lost in that. We've got to move forward. Recognize you messed up, and now let's do what we can do to be better with our tongues. Because then you're just going to get lost. You're going to go down a tunnel, a funnel of just, like I said, the pity. And we'll feel bad for what we said. That's okay. It's okay. There's forgiveness. Let's move forward. Let's be better with our mouths. If there's anyone here today who you need help with your tongue, let's have a conversation. Maybe you just need to have someone hold you accountable Said, hey, you're being a jerk maybe you just need prayer or maybe there's someone here and the reason your mouth has been so filthy is because you've not given your life to god he's not inside you yet and if you're ready to join him you're ready to be to give your life over to him if you're online and you need help let's come forward as we stand and as we sing and if you need help you need to make that decision church today is the day you've wasted too many years being angry and being mouthy let's be